Well, hello, everybody. My name is Zach Langer, and I am the pastor of Taylorville United Methodist Church down here in Tuscaloosa. I am glad to be here with you today as we look at some of the readings for this week uh, in our Read Together program. It's been a great thing to go through scripture together in this way, to hear the reflections of other people from around our conference, and I am honored blessed to be able to bring a few thoughts on some of the things that we're reading this week. Just as a quick overview of of what we're covering, we've read Luke chapters 23 and 24, which cover the crucifixion, the death, the resurrection of Jesus, the road to Emmaus experience, and ultimately his ascension back into heaven. We've read Leviticus 19 through 21, which can best be summarized by the first line of it, in which God tells his people, be holy, for I am holy. It covers a bunch of laws that are meant to keep the people both pure, but also just. It has rules for priests to maintain the purity of the priesthood as well. And then we've looked at, at 2 Kings chapter 16 through 20. And in this, we see a bunch of kings and the work that they did, uh, the bad things that they did. And, and we, we land on the prophet Isaiah, who's prophesying uh, with Hezekiah about the coming invasion of Babylon and the exile of God's people. We read through several psalms uh, as well this week. These are such wonderful uh, songs of praise, hymns and poems that are written to uh, express to God the deepest feelings of our hearts, the joys and the pains. And it's always a good thing to revisit the Psalms because it's a reminder to us that we can simply come before the Lord, no matter what the state of our heart is, because whatever is happening, we know that God is with us and we can come to him just as we are. And then we've read through First Thessalonians uh, chapters 1 through 3. And in this, Paul is talking to uh, the church in Thessalonica, and he's telling them about how excited he is about coming to see them once again. It's a, a certain type of reassurance to be able to tell these people in this church, in a world that was hostile to Christians, that their faithfulness had sustained him while he was in prison. And that now that he was out, he was glad that he could come and see them. And so, of all of those, of all the readings that we've had this week, I wanted to focus on the one that I haven't mentioned yet, which comes from the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel is a really interesting book. It's a book of prophecy, and a lot of people find it difficult to read. Now, as a pastor, one of my favorite things in the world to do, one of the greatest things that I feel that I have the opportunity to do, is to teach scripture. Not only to teach for the sake of understanding, not only so that people would know their Bibles, although that's an important thing that all of us as Christians should be pursuing, but simply to teach scripture out of love for the word of God out of love for the fact that this is what God has given us so that we might draw near, so that we might remember that we're not alone in this, that we don't have to go without guidance because God has given us through this word a way that we can know Jesus Christ and God the Father through him. And I love to point to people or point people back towards the parts of scripture that they are least likely to turn to. 
whether because they're difficult passages or books or because they're obscure and, and simply not very popular. When was the last time you heard somebody preach out of the book of Obadiah, for example? But I often say that the pages we most want to turn away from are the ones that we need to spend more time reading because they're just as true as the ones we love. And the lesser-known stories hold just as much of the truth of God as the commonly known ones, those that we hear all the time from those very first years of Sunday school classes and vacation Bible school. But even though that's true, there's also something good, something wonderful about revisiting those well-known and well-loved stories too, especially when we do so with fresh eyes. In a lot of ways, it's, it's like coming to a dear friend, someone we've known for a long time, and noticing something new about them, or learning something new about their past. And so, with all of, of that, we're going to read Ezekiel 37, and we're going to read verses 1 through 14. You've probably heard this read before, but try to hear it again today with new ears. Ezekiel 37, verses 1 through 14. Hear now the word of the Lord. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying... There was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and the tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, This is what the Sovereign Lord says, Come, breath, from the four winds, and breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. And they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, This is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live, and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I love this passage. It's it's such a powerful example and testament to the power of God. It reminds us of what he's able to do through us and in those places which we thought were beyond saving, those parts of life that we thought were beyond revival. And yet notice right here at the very beginning of this passage what 
Ezekiel is made to do. It says in verse 2, He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. This seems, in a certain kind of way, to be almost cruel. You see, Ezekiel was living in a time in which the people of Israel were exiled in Babylon. He would have known their despair, their sadness, just as well as anybody else who was living through it. And yet, this says that God led him back and forth through this graveyard, gazing on the source of their despair and their hopelessness. In a lot of ways, you would think that this was the evidence that hope should be lost, that the bones were very dry. Friends, think about how many dry bones we can find in our own lives that call on us to lose hope. Some people find it in the different parts of their lives where everything seems to be falling apart, in broken marriages and homes, in the desperate financial struggles, in loneliness and worry. Some find it in a simple lack of purpose or direction, a meaninglessness that seems to be permeating their lives. Other people look around at the world in which we live and they see the violence and the spite, the injustice and the vice that has overcome all things. All of this seems to us to be dry bones. We live in this graveyard in which we're made to look upon them day after day. It's hard not to lose hope when all we see is death. But whatever the evidence, all of the dry bones represent the same thing that they represented for Ezekiel, which is a lack of hope for the future and a lack of hope for the present, too. And like Ezekiel, we can feel like we are being paraded through them, like our problems are always on our minds. Even in those good moments of life, we can find them lurking in the periphery or prodding at the back of our minds. You just can't forget the problems. You can't seem to escape the dry bones. And then God seems to take that taunting even further by asking Ezekiel, can these bones, dead for so long and obviously beyond revival, live? And Ezekiel gives this response. He says, God, only you can know. I find that to be such a relatable response. Sometimes the most faithful thing that we can say is, only you can know, God. It echoes or uh, prefigures the prayer that Jesus prays in the garden, which he says, Your will be done. Only God can know what the future might hold. And yet, God doesn't explain the plan to Israel. There's not a big assignment that's given here. Instead, the simple command is to tell the bones to hear my word. Now, if you're anything like me and this was happening to you, your first response would be something like, but God, how can that happen? Where are you going to get the tendons for these bones? Where are you going to get the skin? Where are the lungs going to come from that you will fill with breath? I think a lot of times we can feel that same sort of way about our lives and our world. We can't understand how God could possibly restore something so deeply broken. And so obviously we conclude he can't. It's beyond repair. It's beyond revival. 
In the readings from this week, we went to Psalm 88, and it says this in verses 9 through 12, I call to you, Lord, every day. I spread out my hands to you. Do you show your wonders to the dead? Do their spirits rise up and praise you? Is your love declared in the grave, your faithfulness and destruction? Are your wonders known in the place of darkness, or your righteous deeds in the land of oblivion? And the thing is, what we see in this prophecy of Ezekiel, the answer is yes. That's the good news of Jesus Christ, too, is that God does declare his wonders to the grave. Through Christ our Lord, he has conquered the grave with his wonders. And so Ezekiel doesn't question here. He just obeys and begins to speak about things he doesn't understand. And what happens? God begins to work. He does those things that that God commands, simply proclaiming the good news. And all of a sudden, things start to happen around him. The prophet says, though, that he hears a noise, a rattling sound. He finds the bones being brought back together, skin coming where skin had long since decayed away. But at the end of it, he says there was no breath in them. And this is a stark reminder. What Ezekiel saw then and what we often see now is that God doesn't always work in neat or clean ways. Sometimes the work of God can seem more terrifying than beautiful, even though the result always is. When we obey the Lord, we want things to get better quickly. We want psalms and songs of praise to break out in our lives, for our problems to be overcome in an instant because we know that God can do it, for our needs to be met and our lives to be restored right then. But oftentimes we don't get that beautiful noise right away. Oftentimes we get something more like the rattling and grinding of bones on bones of muscles and tendons and skin stretching across empty skeletons. But in those moments where things don't seem to be coming back together the way that we would hope, or even in the way that we have been promised, learn from Ezekiel. God is not done yet. The work is still happening. Even if it doesn't unfold in the way that we would expect or hope, the work is still happening. So speak again to the power of the Lord, and you'll find, like Ezekiel did, that those dry bones will come to life, and they'll come back together in ways beyond what you can imagine. Hear the prophecy of the Lord. It says, My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live. But hear this this part at the end. It says, then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it. Friends, your lives, however broken or dried up, however withered and dead, are never too far gone for the Lord. He can breathe life into any dry bones. When you find your hope in him alone, you can trust that the Lord will fulfill what he has promised. You'll know that the Lord not only speaks, But even now, even in you, that the Lord acts as well. I have spoken, and I 
have done it. Think about all the things that God has left to do in your life, to do through your life. Think about the ways in which we as the church still have opportunities all around us to go as God's people, to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, to make ourselves a living offering back to him who gave us life. We have so much in store, and God has prepared much. Even in this world which seems so broken, even in a future which seems uncertain, even when all we can see are dry bones everywhere we look, have faith that the promise that God gave to Ezekiel is a promise that God gives to you and me right now too. These dry bones will live. And there is a plan for tomorrow. Let's pray together, friends, today. Most gracious and merciful God, I pray that you would help us to remember the promise that you've given us, the same promise that you gave to Ezekiel, that you will bring resurrection and restoration into our lives. Help us to see those places, even today, where you are at work, and help us to celebrate them, even when they're messy, even when it's hard to see exactly what you're doing. Help us to continue to trust in you and to have faith in your power to redeem. And Lord, all of these things, I pray that you would help us to stay rooted in the work that you've done in our lives through your Son, Jesus Christ, and through the power of your Holy Spirit who's with us even now and forevermore. Help us to see the resurrection that you are working in our lives and to keep before us that eternal promise that eternal promise that you will bring even our dry bones back to life until the day comes that we live with you forevermore. Lord, be our hope and our strength in all things, today and every single day. I pray in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.